So let's just pray together. Gracious, loving God, I give you thanks for your gracious word found in the Bible. It challenges, it converts, it instructs, it guides, it gives life. And may your Holy Spirit be upon us now. May we know your word for our lives and may it guide us. I pray this in your holy name. Amen. I think that's an amazing song, I Am No Ashamed. Do people like that? It's fantastic, isn't it? It's well done. And it's a song written specifically just for this series in Romans. I'm just amazed at the talent and depth of faith that we have here in New Beginnings Uniting Church. And I praise God for each and every one of you today as you are here. We've actually come to the end of our series. I'm not hearing any woohoos at the moment. Where we've been looking at Romans. We've been delving for the past eight weeks into the depths of Romans. First week we had a look at how Paul claimed that he was not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He made this bold statement that even though people thought that he was avoiding going to Rome and preaching to the people in Rome, that he was actually not ashamed to go there. He was not ashamed to talk of Christ to those Roman people. And he was proud and confident in his faith. And it was a challenge for us to step up and say, are we unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Can we stand up and be counted with those Christians all around the world and over the years, over the centuries and millennia that have not been ashamed of Jesus Christ? And you were challenged whether you wanted to do that, to have a picture taken. And after the service, we have the picture pictures that are printed, of those who'd said yes they were, and if we don't have yours there and you want to step up, let me know and I can organise that. But they're for you to take home, a reminder of your statement to say, I am unashamed of Jesus Christ, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. See, Paul's letter to the Romans is one of our you know, like foundational kind of documents about our Christian faith. He starts to go into some of the deep theological understandings. He, you know, in week two, we talked about how we as people were unable to actually save ourselves. That, that in week three, when we looked at it, salvation actually comes from Jesus Christ. In week four, we had the, the moderator, Simon Hansford, come and share a message with us about law and grace as found through Romans and how where you know the difference between the law found in the Old Testament and the grace of God's forgiveness. And then we were challenged in week five, just because people don't believe in Jesus Christ, just because people don't believe in the plan that God has for salvation for everybody, doesn't mean that God is going to change the plan, doesn't mean that the plan is not there. Salvation is there for everybody. In week six, Caleb came up and gave us 
a message when, when Paul changed tack slightly from the deep theology into the practical and how we live a good life. And then week seven, we looked at what is our responsibility? What's our Christian responsibilities? And last week, Kerry gave a, an amazing message last week on how we live with differences. And this week, as we wrap it up, and today it's actually called Ending Conclusion. And I love the how, you know, we're kind of just wrapping it all up. And Paul being Paul can't just kind of finish off easily. He needs his, he's in actually the midst, if you actually read chapter 16 of Romans, he's in the midst of giving his final greetings and, and farewells. And then he must have had this little thought, hang on, I haven't said everything I need to say. There's one last thing I need to do. And this, this section that, that June read for us just a moment ago, from Romans 16, verse 17 to 20, there's this little section of instruction. And it's actually really important. It's really important for us to understand why Paul needed to place this in here. Now, last week, Kerry was talking about differences, not differences in theology, but differences in the way that we honour God. Differences in the way that we start to live out our faith subtly and sometimes not quite so subtly. And it wasn't about the food laws. It was about the honouring of God and, and your heart how to honour God. And some people honoured God through eating certain things and other people didn't. And how do we live with that tension? How do we uphold our brothers and sisters in Christ? And that's incredibly important for us. But here, Paul is going. He's finishing up his instructions. And have you ever given instructions to kids? Yeah, you know how you're going. Um, and, and remember, you know, especially if it's like the first time you've left them home alone or to go and do something um, and, you know, or going off to a friend's place or whatever. And, and there's always the last instruction that you give. You've given all these other ones and remember, you know, it's, and remember that and you put in the last big thing. Or don't forget your manners or don't forget to be nice or don't forget, and what, one of the big things, to say thank you. You know, if it's instructions to kids, isn't it? But it's also the same when we're talking with adults and when we're wrapping up... Um, you know, teaching series or whatever, we always want to go, and don't forget, there's a really big thing at the end. I want you to remember this. And Paul's doing this right here in the middle of the farewells. And the thing he's wanting us to know is this, is that we actually need to give distance to people who are divisive, people who divide, let me, let me put up the references on the screen again so we can actually hear it from the Bible. So Romans 16, verse 17 and 18. We're just going to focus on that. And now I make one more appeal. You know, I make one more appeal. I'm just thinking, hang on, I'm in the middle of my farewells and saying, give greetings to this person and this person. My dear brothers and sisters, watch out for people who cause divisions. 
and upset people's faith by teaching things contrary to what you have been taught. Stay away from them. So in other words, give distance, move back from them, don't be near them. Such people are not serving Christ our Lord. So it's actually being really strong here. They're not serving Christ our Lord. They serve their own personal interests. They do it by smooth talk and glowing words that deceive innocent people. Innocent people. Now, when Kerry spoke last week about differences, there were differences in how we live out our faith and how we honour God, but when Paul is speaking here about people who divide, he's speaking about the theology. He's speaking about the understanding of Christ's salvation and that they're actually not teaching what the Bible says. They're not teaching about Jesus Christ and the salvation is found through him. It's teaching that is contrary to what the apostles have been teaching. So let me explain this a bit for us today. The question I want to ask you is, how well do you know your Bible? It's a big question, isn't it? How well do you actually know the Bible? I'm just going to pause for effect here. People, you know, if somebody quoted a piece of scripture, would you you'd be able to go, oh, I know where that is, I know what it's saying? Do you know whether people that get up and preach and teach are actually teaching from the Bible or are they teaching from their own ideas? See, this is an important thing for us. How well do you know your Bible? Do you know if somebody is, is steering you away from the truth of God that is actually found in the Bible? If you only know a bit from the Bible, then you are more susceptible to persuasion. You're more susceptible to the lies and deceptions. That is, the teaching that is contrary to the truth that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Saviour, and all that is found in the Bible. See, what happens, and I just want to say this, is that what they do is they hide the lies within a shell of truth. Now, how many people, uh, and you know, this is, this is a really big thing at the moment, how many people have ever had a telephone call scam thing saying that your um, internet may be, you know, hello, we're from Telstra, and your internet may be, have a problem? Or you, you might have been searching on the web and suddenly up comes this pop-up saying that um, your, your, web, your computer has been uh, fallen foul to hackers. These are all kind of scams, aren't they? And, you know, we're pretty good at picking some of those up. And then, yet again, then other people aren't. They believe that these people are actually telling them the truth. And the reason being, and if you actually ever see how these scams work, and it might be from the taxation department. Have you ever had that phone call? Your taxation department, you you know, where there's a lawyer that's wanting to, you know, sue because you've got money owing to the taxation department. It's one of the scams they have, and they want information from you. They want banking details from you. But see, the way it works is they hook you in with a little bit of truth. 
Now, the reason why, you know, on their telephone scams they choose Telstra is because in Australia they're the largest provider of internet. And so, they, you know, it's just on average that they will get somebody that uses Telstra. So everybody else that, go, you know, is using somebody else, they go, oh, look, I, don't, I know that it's wrong because we don't use them. But, you know, it, it's suddenly going in your brain, well, have I got something wrong? Is my internet going to be cut off? There's a kernel of truth that they're working with. And we get worried and then we get sucked into it. And if you see them work, they'll show you things that, you know, if you open up your computer and you're sharing your screen with the computer, you'll actually see them go, show you your own files and then say, look at all these things. And all they've done is shown you files that are on your computer, kernel of truth, but they're using it to sway you to something that is a lie. It's the same way when we have false teachers who teach falsely about the Bible. They pick a little bit and they talk about it, but then they introduce the lie within that. There is a truth, but then there is the lies that are hidden underneath. You know, when we read books or when we listen to sermons, we should be checking the content of what is written or what is said. You know, I'm actually saying here right now, you need to check yourself on what we say here. Is it biblically accurate? Is it holding up to the orthodox traditions of the church? We don't want, to know, we don't want preaching, we don't want teaching, we don't want books that are there that fool you because they give a little kernel of truth, and then they have a very smooth style of sliding in things that are not within the realms of God. See, Christians who study the word of God found in the Bible, they are much harder to be fooled. They're much harder than those who have a superficial understanding of the Bible. And see, this is what Paul means... When he says, about the innocent people, he's saying that those innocent people are the ones that have not a, as big a depth of understanding. There's not a depth to their faith that they will know whether what somebody is saying is actually contrary to the Bible. And we, we even have a section in Acts that talks and gives us an illustration exactly of this. Let, let, me, let me read it with you. So it's Acts chapter 17, verses 10 through to 12. That very night, the believers sent Paul and Silas. So, so these are the believers in, in Jerusalem. are sending Paul and Silas as missionaries, as preachers to go out and spread the good news of Jesus Christ to Berea, where they arrived there. They went to the Jewish synagogue. And in the synagogue, they started teaching about Jesus. And they started teaching and showing what the fulfilment of the prophecies of the Messiah was found in Jesus Christ. And believe it or not, that is where we're heading to next week. Next month, we're going to be looking at the Messianic prophecies, or at least some of them. And so Paul and Silas are teaching about these prophecies of the Messiah and showing that Jesus Christ is the one who is the Messiah. 
And the people of Berea were, were more open-minded, so in other words, they weren't closed off to hearing the message of Jesus Christ than those in Thessalonica, and they listened eagerly to Paul's message. They searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. And as a result, many Jews believed, as did many of the prominent Greek women and men. So when you actually know the scripture, the Bible that we have here, you can search for the truth found in there and check to see whether what people are saying has the truth. You know, no matter how, and this is, this is a statement that I really need to make, no matter how sincere or how caring a false teacher or a preacher may appear to be, they are not genuinely concerned for the cause of Jesus Christ or for the church in general. They are more driven by self-interest and self-gratification and sometimes for prominence, sometimes for prominence for power and even for more followers, for financial gain and frequently for all of those regions. See, Paul urges the believers in Rome to keep their distance, watch out for, step away for those people who divide, who don't actually preach of Jesus Christ as the resurrection. You know, you can actually find in churches now preachers who don't believe in things, don't believe what actually is written in the Bible. And they will start preaching and teaching on that. Paul urges us, as he urges the Roman church, to keep the distance, to watch out for those that divide, that don't teach the true thing. Now, see, the thing is, it's very easy to get sucked into this. Now, the reason why I'm saying that is because we, we, we're, if you're not strong in your faith, if you're not strong and understand the Bible, then it's easy to get sucked into. Because what happens is that we... We hear something and we go, oh yeah, that sounds good. And then we come a little bit closer to that and going, that sounds all right. And we come a little bit closer to it. And that sounds all right. See, it's really like, have you, you heard the illustration about the frog that hopped into a, a pot of water. And it's swimming around nice and happily in that pot of water. And that's just like us believers who may not know and people are teaching falsehood. And they're swimming around and the water's getting hotter. It's been put on the stove and the fire's burning in there. And the frog's going, oh, it's, it's okay. The temperature's going up little bit by little bit by increment by increment. And what's happening is we're moving further and further away. And as the water gets to the point of boiling, the frog is boiled. Without even knowing that it got to that point of death. Now, I want you to be well aware as Paul wanted the believers in Rome to be really well aware. Don't be sucked into the slow, insidious drawing you away from the truth of Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour. See, what Paul promises in verse 20 helps us. 
But everyone knows that you are obedient to the Lord. So he's talking to the, the, the church in Rome that you're obedient to, to the Lord. This makes me incredibly happy, very happy. I want you to be wise in doing right and to stay innocent of any wrongs. In other words, can keep on holding to the faith, to keep on being a people of the way. In other words, following the way of Jesus Christ, enacting what he did. And the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. May the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. And see, it's so important for us to understand that and, and really accept that the God's grace is with us. And that the victory has already been won. But the reality is, Paul isn't warning us about the future possibility of people who will do falsehood in teaching. He's not teaching about that somewhere somebody might come. He's saying there are people here right now that do this. And we need to be aware of this. The division caused by these people tear churches apart. Draw them away from the saving grace found in Christ. See, what happens, and let me, let me go back, and I, I love this, I love how he, he did it. When he said in verse 18, such people are not serving Christ our Lord, they are serving their own personal interests. Divisive people are committed to their own appetite instead of the ministry of the word. And Paul goes on to say, regard them as, as agents of Satan, as people who are drawing you away from God and not drawing you close. Paul strikes this fine balance as he warns the Christians not to ignore Satan, but at the same time, not to be paranoid about Satan. There's still real danger. But see, the thing is, it's been defeated. Satan has been defeated. And that's the promise that we have. That's the reality. Satan has been defeated by Jesus Christ. Jesus conquered sin and death. Our trust in Jesus. Our salvation is in Jesus. So let, let me wrap back up. As we've been looking at the deep theology found in Romans, as we've been looking at the way we behave as Christians and what we do and how we enact that faith in Jesus Christ, we need to come back and we need to realise that we need to be wise we need to be shrewd. We need to know where our faith is centred. We need to understand the Bible for what it says. And we need to be willing to stand up and say, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ is the power of my salvation. Jesus Christ is the saviour of the world. Even if the world rejects Jesus, does not mean that Jesus has not 
laid his life down for the salvation of all. It's up to us whether we accept that. So let us just pray together. Let us just ask for God's blessing upon us. And let us ask God to really enable us to understand his word found in the Bible. A gracious, loving God, we give you thanks today. We give you thanks for the courage of believers through all the years that they have been willing to stand up in the face of death, in the face of consequences, in the world that they live and claim that they are not ashamed of Jesus Christ, that they are a Christian. Today, in our safe environments that we have here, help us to be unashamed as well. Help us to be proud. Help us to be bold. Help us to be wise and shrewd that we may know the word of God clearly and openly, that we may claim the salvation won through Jesus Christ. I pray this in your holy name. The power that flows through the name of Christ. Amen. And before we, we go too far, too far our, I just want to let you know where we're heading for November and for December. You know, we're, we're leading up into Christmas, aren't we? Christmas is fast approaching. Have you know, can anybody tell me how many days till Christmas? It's not that many. Sorry? About 80? Yeah, we're under the 100 days, Mark. How many people have seen all of the Christmas decorations coming out now? Isn't it amazing how quickly the shops can move from one to the next? But, but see, what I want us to do, what I want us to do as a church is actually to understand why Christmas is so important for us. So in November, next week, we're actually going to be looking at, at four of, actually, Christopher just says it's 58 days. So it's even shorter. So, I, I, so wow, that is really close, isn't it? 58 days till Christmas. Now, the reason why um, we're going to be looking at the Messianic prophecies. Now, there are hundreds of Messianic prophecies. We could spend about five years looking at each and every one in depth, but we're not going to do that. We're going to spend the month of November looking at four of the main Messianic prophecies that really help us understand why it is so important at Christmas that Jesus came and fulfilled those prophecies to show God's great love for the world. And then in December, we, we flow into our Christmas series looking at the love, at love of God and how love is expressed at Christmas. So I encourage you to come along to each of those two months to, to celebrate and share in and get a deeper depth of understanding of what it means to follow Jesus Christ. 